0: Welcome to Parker's MMA Show. If you want to learn about all things going down in the fight world, you've come to the right place. Each episode, your host Parker Keen will take a deeper dive into the always entertaining world of sanctioned fist fighting. Now, here's your host, Parker Keen.
1: We're back, episode 19, Parker's MMA Show. I got co host, new official co host over here, Billy Naden, back live. Episode 19, Conor McGregor's Return. How's it going?
0: It's going great, man. Really, really excited for this fight this weekend. Uh, I think it was my first episode on on Parker's MMA show. I think I, I said this was the fight I wanted for, for Connor's comeback, and we're here. It's fight week. So, uh, you know, ready to get into it. Ready to, ready to discuss this fight.
1: Let's do it. So, let's jump right in. Um, the card... Overall, what what do you think of the card? And then I'll kind of tell you, you know, my thoughts on the card.
0: For me, I think it's smart business by the UFC, but also a little frustrating as a hardcore fan. I think it's a pretty weak card for a pay-per-view to be
1: honest. Does it but kind of remind you of the... a it kind of reminds me of a boxing card.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe um where the headliner is just that's the main fight. Yeah, that's why you buy. That's why you buy the pay per view.
1: Well, and then you put. Yeah, pe- you I, I pe- could see that. You put, you know, the Macy Barbers of the world. You put Andre Feely, uh, Sadif Yusuf. Those guys that, you know, if they come out and do something spectacular, they're going to build a gigantic name like overnight. That's right. After, yeah, ah. correct. Yeah, after being on a Conor McGregor card, which, in that aspect of it, you know, I, I think the UFC. If they hit on a couple of those, they're brilliant. I mean, brilliant. So um Yeah. Yeah, that, that's kinda how I also
0: think there's I think there's a couple weird additions on here, right? Like how weird is the Maurice Green versus Alexei Olenek fight?
1: Yeah, that's the one that I, I just don't know why is that on the main card? And why is that <laughs> the third fight from the top? I mean I don't I don't I don't really get that one. Is that just two cheap heavyweights they could throw on there and throw more money at 21. Cowboy?
0: I guess I hope so. I I honestly hope so because ain't nobody buying this card to watch the crochet boss fight against the uh, the boa constrictor.
1: Yeah. Now that I don't know. Uh, obviously, I mean, all eyes are on the main event, but we've got some you know notable names, former former title holders, Holly Holmes, Anthony Pettis on there. Like we said, you've got you know, some up and comers, um, ha- has You've got, um, Andre Feely, Sadiq Yusuf, Roxana Montefieri, you know, who's a veteran taking on Macy Barber, who, you know, I'm very, very high on. And then, you know, you've got a good fight. Um, the Anthony Pettis and the, uh, Diego Fer- Ferreira fight. I think that's going to be a, that's going to be a kind of a barn burner. I think, um, you know, G- Goldea versus Grasso—that's a good matchup. And then, yeah, that heavyweight fight is strange, and especially the placement of it's very strange,
0: uh, very weird to me. Um, I'm really excited for Yusuf against Feely personally. I yeah. think Sadiq Yusuf is four and zero in the UFC with two first round pit finishes. Feely's uh, like eight and five, but three fight winning streak really seems to be coming into his to his own. Zone Holloway recently said on on Joe Rogan's podcast that uh, Feely's the the hardest hitter he's ever felt.
1: Yeah, that so, was pretty high praise. Um,
0: def- yeah, definitely, definitely excited for that one. Um, but and then the Pettis Ferrera fight, I think, is great too. I mean, talk about a, a shot of a lifetime for Diego Ferrera, a guy who's who's actually been around the block a little bit here um, to be able to come in and fight Anthony Pettis.
1: Well, I, I I think the word I, the player. word I kind of heard this weekend is the reason that was matched up because Pettis was originally supposed to be the guy for Connor, and I guess whatever for whatever reason that fell apart. Um, well, I guess a Nate Diaz lost probably, but uh, yeah, it's just that was kind of a weird matchup because I I mean is is Fier- ranked at lightweight? Because this is I down believe- at lightweight. I think he's fifteen okay so i think he's right there and then anthony pettis is probably like six to ten something like that i think he's actually i think he's out
0: of the top 10 now i think he might be like like 12 because of inactivity
1: at lightweight but right that division is so deep yeah that's that's the craziest division in, in all of mma to me um especially right now um so where do you want to start Let's let's
0: dive into the main event. Let's give the people what they want to hear, Parker.
1: Let's do it. That's what we're here for. So, all right. Like all week, I, you know, I I think you and I are on the same page. Who we think is eventually going to get it done. But the closer and closer we get to this fight, the more reasons in my head that I'm I'm getting a weird feeling about Cowboy. Like like Cowboys. I don't know. I, I I think everyone is just kind of looking over Cowboy. And I, I think this, you know, I've been saying for the last two weeks, I think it's going to be a second round knockout for McGregor. But if Cowboy can slide past that second round, I think stuff starts to get interesting. And I think it becomes more of like a Nate Diaz 2 fight. You know, where Connor, Connor has this thing. I mean, he's obviously, he's got that just piston of a left hand that, I mean, is worldwide famous. But I, I think people try to knock Connor for his cardio, and I, I don't see a huge cardio issue. I see him... Connor just comes in waves, like in the Nate Diaz 2 fight. You know, he looked spectacular the first two rounds, and then three to halfway through four, he was just kind of surging up and down and then came on strong late. So, I don't know, I... I, I, where, where do you stand on, you know, what do you think Connor's best way to victory is, and what do you think Cowboy's best way to victory is?
0: So I'll start. I'll start with Cowboy because I, I think throughout the build up to this, it's been, in my opinion, pretty disrespectful to the star that Cowboy is, the resume that he's built. I mean, I have a lot of people, um, you know, kind of casual MMA fans. I would say that absolutely love Cowboy Cerrone, and, and he does have some name recognition. So to not use him in any of the buildup, I think is a, a, a mistake, honestly. But I think a lot of people have been talking about Cowboy's ground game. And so I, I looked into some stats, right? Because GSP talked about how Cowboy's actually a really good wrestler. Um, he did an interview with with Farras. And Cowboy has not hit more than two takedowns in an MMA fight since
1: 2013 because he's so you I, know he's not that guy and that's been my argument all week you know when I'm talking to people about this fight they're like yeah but if if the gra- if the fight hits the ground you know Cowboy's gonna submit him and I don't think Cowboy's gonna throw a takedown like I don't think Cowboy's gonna throw a shot I think he's too prideful and wants to go in there and bang with the one of the best strikers of our generation just to say he did I think he's that guy I don't I just don't see and maybe I'm wrong but I I just don't see it in Cowboys mindset to go in there and say hey I'm gonna try to take him down in the first round I don't think that's gonna happen
0: it's one of two things happens right I think that is kind of what you just said is kind of the obvious route for cowboy work. Cowboy is this guy who's built his career off exciting fights, stand and bang. He's a great Muay Thai striker, and he's just going to come do that. Or he's totally playing possum, knowing that Connor is about as savvy and as dedicated with uh, looking at the media as they come as MMA fighters. And he's been saying, like, I'm going to stand and bang with this guy. I'm going to stand and bang with this guy. And he's going to come out and shoot a blast double. And put Connor on his back. But I think what I think it's much more likely that he's gonna stand up. And I think if he's gonna win this fight, it's attacking the lead leg with kicks and then mixing in body shots with right upstairs and body punches, wearing Connor down, and then in rounds four and five, putting in the kill shot to to put him away.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree and I I've I've been thinking about this all week, but um yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think the first thing, obviously, is stay away from the left hand. So do not get overextended like he did in the Justin Gaethje fight, where he's loading up with a massive cross and gets himself, you know, out of position and gets clipped. Because I mean, Justin Gaethje, he's he's a destroyer and he'll catch you. But if you have one slip up with Connor, you're fucked. I mean, if you have one slip up, you're fucked. It it only takes one shot from that left hand, and he's as precise, as slick as they get. Um, so that's one. I think, number one, stay away from the left hand. And I think that's, you know, round one and two, don't throw a fucking straight, that's, period.
0: That's a range question for me. Like, yeah. I think staying away from that left hand, I, I don't think for Cowboy, it's about like, I don't think Cowboy's never been a good, like, bob and weave traditional boxing kind of guy. Well, he's like, more of a upright
1: Muay Thai fighter, you know?
0: If Cowboy's going to stay away from the left hand, he's got to keep him at kicking range. And if if Connor can move in, which I've never seen someone keep Connor at distance ever right. in any fight. And so, he's got to be the first guy to keep Connor in kicking range and out of boxing range or else Cowboy's going to get hit. Cowboy even in fights that he
1: wins, he gets hit. And I think it's a thing like Cowboy can't get himself backed up against the cage. Because you see when Connor lands that left hand, a lot, you know, 90% of the time, he's got the guy backed up against the cage. And he's got you moving one direction. And, and he, you know, finds a home for that left hand. And it comes from weird angles. It's not like it's a, you know, one-two straight left. I mean, he throws almost like that shovel hook. That'll catch you. And he's just super, like you said, I mean, super crafty with his distance. And, I mean, he'll find a way to that left hand. So, I don't really know how Cowboy needs to play the first two rounds because if he goes in there super aggressive, which Cowboy's not a fast starter, I mean, he could get caught. I don't know. And he, like I said, he can't get backed up against the cage because that's when Connor really starts setting you up for that big shot. So I think he's got to, like you say, stay at kicking range, You know, wear out that lead leg, throw body shots. Um, if he gets in close, I mean, elbows, knees, and don't get caught in the first couple of rounds, and hope Connor starts to dwindle in that third, and then start putting his combinations together and opening it up a little more.
0: Yeah, and and what I think is interesting too is we talk a lot about Cowboys ground game when it comes to Connor and and how good the jujitsu is. Connor is a jujitsu brown belt. Like he's not. This is not a guy who. Is like a decorated kickboxer with six months of takedown defense. Like, Chad Mendez was an all American wrestler, and Connor got up in their fight. Like, he got taken down, but he got up. I mean, the only person we've seen really be able to hold Connor down is Khabib. Like, he stuffed takedowns in the Alvarez fight, and I think Eddie Alvarez is a better wrestler than Cowboy.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, and the gas tank thing kind of gets to me because. You've really never seen Conor pass the third round besides Diaz two and Khabib, and that's and those are two completely different fights. So I don't know how you compare those. I don't know. I I just think his I think his gas tank gets overrated. You know that it's an issue, and then people definitely look over his ground game and his wrestling. I mean, you're not you don't become a two division champ, and then not to mention all his championships and Cage Warriors with that. Not being able to wrestle, not being able to do anything on the ground.
0: Now, that being said, I think Cowboy Cerrone has a pretty significant size advantage in this fight. I think he's a much bigger man than Connor, and I, I haven't really heard it talked about enough.
1: <laughs> well, I think Connor's going to come in in the 160s somewhere. And I think, I think Cowboy, I don't think he's as big as Nate was at 170. But I think he'll be the bigger man. So I think he'll probably, you know, he'll probably refuel back up to 178, 180, something like that. So, you know, say he has 12 to 15 pounds on Connor. you know, um, I just don't think that's, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't think we've really seen Connor with a full camp at 170. So I think there's still just a lot of questions.
0: Except against Nate Diaz, but I think Nate Diaz is a very, very different fighter than Donald Cerrone.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, what do you think about the whole 170 thing? I know we talked about that a little bit, and there was a lot. You know, there was a lot in those interviews this week that was. Was basically saying that, um, I mean, John Kavanaugh pretty much flat out said it. He said there is no reason for Conor to cut to 155 ever again unless it's for a title shot.
0: I agree with him. I think I think more MMA fighters should take that uh, approach because number one, I think it's less of a chance that the uh, fight gets called off or that you have to donate part of your purse. Right. I think um number two, you're not depleting your body, so you're able to go go in at at full strength at you know, without having to worry about you know the dieting and the weight cut and all the things that come with with getting down to that weight. And I think three, like your gas tank is better at a heavier weight, usually, as long as you're not just like eating your way up there or getting really bulked up. And like you're really fighting at your natural weight. I just think it makes for a better sport. Like I, I would I would rather see this than see these guys kill themselves to get to 155.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for Cowboy, I think he was obliged to take this fight. I mean, he he doesn't want to cut weight. He wants to go in there and fight at close as close as possible to his normal weight. I think he, I heard him in an interview said he would cut, you know, like seven to 10 pounds or something for this fight. And, and that's it. And that's, you know, a day in the sauna. That's not weeks of killing yourself and dieting and all that.
0: And so, the reality is, it's like with Conor, you know, the red panty night is still in effect, right? Like, Anyone will take the Conor McGregor fight at any weight. If he called up Frankie Edgar and said, you have to fight Conor McGregor at 170 pounds, Frankie would take it and weigh in at like 152. Yeah. These guys are going to take this fight no matter what the the weight class is.
1: Yeah, and for Conor, for me, I mean, it's genius. If he comes in here and starches Cowboy in two rounds, I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He can go back down to 155, fight Gaethje. I even heard John Kavanaugh talking about him fighting Gaethje at 170, which would be interesting. Um, or he's got all of 170. You know, I I think we both agree he's probably a fight away from a title fight at 155. But if he goes in there and starches Cowboy and then gets on the mic and calls out Usman, are you trying to tell me they wouldn't book that fight?
0: I mean, the only the only reason they wouldn't book that fight to me and and I don't understand who's advising Usman if this is the case. But I I just I think Kamaru is really, really committed to, like, the hierarchy of the sport and Mm -hmm. who deserves the title shot and, like, isn't thinking about his bank account or else he'd be all over trying to get the Masvidal fight right now. So that's the only way that wouldn't happen. But. I think we've, we've seen that if Connor's winning, he gets whatever he wants in the UFC. Yeah,
1: that, that's, that's going to be my biggest thing this weekend. I'm going to be there live, and I just want to see the vibe around Connor. He's, he's had so much chaos and so much negativity the last you know two to three years that I, I literally think he's probably one of the only athletes that could go in there after everything he's done, starch cowboy in seven minutes, and just be on top of the world again.
0: Can we talk about the, the interviews he gave this week? Because I think it was pretty illuminating um, when you compare them to some of the interviews he gave before the Khabib fight.
1: Yeah, and, and we're not going to get a chance to watch the, the press conference before this. And we might talk about that later tonight if, if it airs. But um, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about it because it's, it's a totally different Conor McGregor. This is like alter boy Conor McGregor compared to what we're used to.
0: Well, the other thing is if if you I, I Ariel mentioned it on a show, so I went back and watched the uh interview he gave before the Khabib fight with he's got like the Irish immigrant hat on and the the tank top and he's like in the UFC PI and he just seems like almost like jittery to me. Like he's I thought like, he was coked seems out. Seems unfocused. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was cut, you know,
1: and from the interviews, he admitted it and so did John Kavanaugh confirmed it on on the lead up to the Khabib fight. He said he he had so much just like rage and anger and everything was about revenge and getting even with Khabib and making it right that he would bring guys in and they would have full out fights in their training sessions. And they would go until Connor knocked the guy out, and then John wouldn't see Connor for two or three days. He would just be out of the gym for two or three days. Yeah,
0: I mean, I just think it seems like he's something has changed. I, I don't know what it was, but it, it just seems like he's so much more professional with this camp heading into this fight. He's more focused. He he seems to be a lot more calm, a lot more serene, a lot more at peace with kind of where he's at in his career. And that is really, really scary. If you're picking Tony to win this fight, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I just think, um, I mean, this is a big moment in his career. After everything he's done, he, you know, pretty much lost the support of a whole nation that at one point he was like, he could have been the patron saint of Ireland at the top of his rise. Right. I mean, it's St. Patrick, Conor McGregor, and then he goes and he's just—I mean, he just acts like a scumbag for two or three years after he gets all the money. And I—I I think he's a little embarrassed of himself, and I think he's ready to turn the corner and get his career back on track. And that's—that's that's what I feel, and you know, all my family and friends that I talk to over in Ireland, that's what they say. They say, you know, the last. 2018 2019 ireland turned on conor mcgregor and i i think that means a lot to him i think he was you know at the height of his powers he was the biggest star ever in irish sports and then he went to being basically on the road to like a mike tyson where you know you're on the top of the world and you fuck it all up and i think he caught himself before he went all the way off the rails and he's going to turn it around
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I hope so regardless, you know, fight, fight aside. I I just hope the guy can straighten out his life because, you know, he's given us some of the greatest moments uh, in my lifetime in MMA. And I just, I don't want to see him take the path that so many fighters take. I just, the the question for me, and it goes back to, I believe it's a Bernard Hopkins quote, but it, you know, it's hard to wake up and run at 5. AM when you're wearing silk pajamas. And so, I just, Mar- Marvin I Haggard honors
1: Marvin Haggard, yeah, that's it Yeah,
0: that's
1: it. yeah so, um, like, Well I think he I, came I to that, that moment that to him. Yeah well he's I mean money's not an object to him anymore He's got wealth that'll Far exceed his lifetime and carry on In his you know In his family, his grand grandkids Their kids, I mean Money's not gonna be a problem for that guy Listen he's got the number two whiskey Behind Jameson In fucking Ireland a company that's been around since the 1700s. He comes out of nowhere and makes his own whiskey. Um, the guy's rich. I mean, he's fucking rich. So this is, it's about his pride. It's about his name and the Irish people. They're very, very proud people. And that means a lot to them. And I, I think this is, this is make or break for him. This is gigantic. And I think that's why, Honestly, in this press conference, I, I think he's he's going to be super humble, super respectful to Donald. Shake his hand, say let's put on a good fight, and he's going to go in there and fight.
0: I think this is the first time since the Eddie Alvarez fight. Um, I mean Floyd the Floyd thing aside, because that's such a sideshow. But I mean the first time in three years where I feel like they were able to set Conor up with an opponent where Connor actually has more to lose than the opponent does.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like like I said, for Cowboy, he he can – his career is going to go win or lose and obviously win. He'll get, you know, a lot bigger fights, a lot bigger paydays. But with the loss, he just goes back to being Cowboy. I mean, he's still a fan favorite. He's still a guy that's going to fight anyone, anywhere for the next four or five years until he retires. So yeah, this is all about Conor McGregor. And what did you think of the Ariel interview? Because I I mean, I thought it was fascinating. He he just seemed... I think it's really
0: really interesting to see that side of Conor. This like very humble um almost almost like introspective look at Conor basically looking back and and trying to learn from what's been a really tumultuous past couple of years. And I I think actually it's flying a little bit under the radar, but um, the quote, Ariel, they think I'm toast, but I'm still the bread. I mean, that's an all time Conor McGregor quote, in my opinion, that is stellar. So I think he's still got the sharpness to him. He seems really calm. The whole thing about not drinking and refocusing and um, his camp has really echoed that, that level of focus. And um I really see a guy who it, it reminds me almost exactly of when he walked into MSG and starched Eddie Alvarez. Like that's that's the type of mindset I see out of Connor right now. And uh, it's hard for me to pick against that guy.
1: Yeah, it's also I mean, the reality is this was a at the time, a you know, 25, 26 year old guy that was went on a rocket ship to the fucking moon made all the money, did things that no one's ever done before, and he got a little off the rails, you know, which is understandable. I mean, you come from nothing, three years later you're fighting the best boxer of all time, making hundreds of millions of dollars, starting whiskey companies, clothing lines, marketing companies. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he got off the rails, and I feel like he's back. I mean, I really do. Even from that, the interview he did... um a couple, what, four or five months ago with Ariel after the after punching the old man, he just seemed like he was, I don't know, not there, not sharp, not calm. Like he had a lot of tension and just issues going on in his life that, you know, he just seemed stressed. This interview, he seemed, I mean, as cool and calm as I've ever seen him. Um, he had a couple jabs where, you know, he said the thing about he could beat, beat Cowboy if he had the flu or you know he's still the bread that that gave me flashes of the old mcgregor but you had about 45 minutes of just calm humble intelligent i mean thinking clearly and focused, conor mcgregor and that's a scary scary fucking guy
0: yeah i think it's people forget because we have such short-term memories in this sport but When Conor beat Eddie Alvarez, he wasn't just on top of MMA. Like, he was on top of the sports world. I mean, you look around globally, it was like Messi, Ronaldo, Conor McGregor, kind of in the same breath as terms of global superstars. And so, uh, you know, like you said, for a 28-year-old kid at the time to handle that, like, I think he just, he went off the rails and fought Floyd and, all that, you know, made nine-figure paydays and and lost it a little bit. And I think now, not only does he seem calm, but he seems calm with a focus and an edge. And he's back to that same hunger to kind of rebuild his legacy. And and yeah. I think
1: this would be the first step for him. And John Kavanaugh said something, too, that was, I mean, he basically said, listen, Connors... Um he's got everything in line you know he's got his family in line he's got his business in line he's got his fight camp in line he's got his team in line before that he said you know the the rise of conor was just chaos i mean and you can imagine i mean you go on a three-year just fucking just crushing it everyone wants a piece of conor mcgregor i mean you're getting pulled every which way um yeah i mean from john kavanaugh's interview to to the Connor interview. I mean, Connor just seems calm, cool, collected, ready to right all of his wrongs and get his name back. Um did you what what else did you pull from the Ariel interview? Because there was a lot there that I mean forty I think it was a 48 minute interview with Connor McGregor. There was a lot.
0: Yeah. I uh I also really liked Ariel's uh conversation with John Kavanaugh and this yeah. whole idea of they switched the idea during the Floyd camp where the camp yeah. started to be about goals, where it's like, I want to fight Floyd. I want to win a world title in boxing. I right. want to beat Khabib. I want to get my world title back. And it stopped being about the system. Right. And I've I've actually heard a lot about similar things to, from a lot of high-level mixed martial arts coaches that it needs to be about getting better in the system and being able to see the shots coming, react to different strikes, adapt to grappling exchanges, and really focusing on getting better as a fighter than staying focused on the goals. And I think this whole shift back to thinking about the systems and bringing back the old Crumlin boxing club coaches, I mean, that was a big thing for me. It's like really getting back to the roots of this, like, winner-learn mentality that made Conor so great in the first place. I think it really, really genuinely seems like they are actually getting back to that when for a while there it seemed like that old Connor and that old mentality was never coming back
1: yeah that i, I had a note of that too that was he he used an example he said, you know, like in the Chad Mendez fight, I mean he had two hard rounds with Chad Mendez, Chad Mendez took him down, was beating him up, and he was able to make you know, make an adjustment and get Chad out of there, you know, knock him out. And he said in the Mayweather fight, you know, they, they prepared for the Philly shell, which is basically how Floyd fought for 49 of his professional fights. And then he said, when Floyd switched it up and started walking him down and come up, coming after him, he just had no answer. He said, you know, in the past, any of his MMA fights, he would have made an adjustment and you know they would have reacted and he would have got the job done but that 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 was a good example i I thought that was pretty interesting too um another thing i took from john's interview is he said the conor mcgregor that knocked out eddie alvarez in what i think you and i agree is probably one of the best performances in mixed martial arts history would smoothly beat this beat that conor mcgregor the current mcgregor would beat the eddie alvarez one and i thought Wow, that's fucking incredible. If if he's not blowing smoke and he's, you know, on, on, on the dot with that one, that's that's gonna be something special.
0: Yeah, I think we've learned over the years with John Kavanaugh, um, take take what he says at a grain of salt sometimes mm-hmm. because he's uh he's definitely, you know, the guy pumps up his own fighters and I, and I respect that and he's their coach. But I think the thing that is most telling for me about that Connor is watching him post all these photos and all these videos of him competing with wrestlers, him competing in the gi. Um, you know, really trying to push push the narrative that he is focused on his grappling and it's not all about striking for him. And um, I think that's the gap that a lot of people said Conor McGregor had no interest in closing and. I think he's he's showing a little bit like he's at least putting the effort in, um, even if even if it's not enough to close the skill gap on some of the elite
1: grapplers. He's definitely trying to become a more complete mixed martial artist. Well, I think it's just the fact that he's I mean, really, for the last probably nine to 10 months, he's been there. You know, he's not traveling the world on world tours or promoting his whiskey you know all over the world he's been there he's been in the gym and he's been preparing for this comeback season you know that he's calling it and cowboy this saturday is the first stop so yeah i'm 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 fucking pumped for this every day gets closer and closer and closer and i am i mean i, I don't know what to expect from connor i, I think it's going to be greatness is what i think
0: I I completely agree with you, and I think if if nothing else, I see, and I almost never say this about an MMA fight and knock on wood, but I see no way that this could possibly be a boring fight. I yeah. think every possible scenario I, I think about in my head, this is a wildly exciting contest.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I mean, Donald's got nothing to lose. He, he should go in there and just let it all hang out. He's got nothing to lose. So that's why I think I it's going to be... His,
0: his interview with Brent Okamoto, too, that guy looks... That's as focused as we've seen Donald. Like and calm, fights, calm. Sterone, he comes in there and he is like, you know, it's just another day at the office. It's another fight, whatever. He looked the camera dead in the eye and said, "If you think that we haven't trained every single possibility for this fight, like you are dead wrong." Yeah, he's com- He's coming to knock this guy out.
1: Well, and Stop he said too. I mean, he it. said, "I've got two losses in a row." You know, albeit to uh, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, but he said three three losses in a row is gonna really chap his ass, is what he said. And yeah, I mean, Cowboy hasn't been you know top five a top five fighter at two weight classes for the last 10 years for no reason i mean the dude's a stud stud so yeah i don't know i i really liked his his interview with brett akamoto that was like like you said that's the calmest i've ever seen cowboy he just looks calm at peace with everything in his life and ready to go how
0: friggin awesome are the cowboy Cerrone budweiser cans?
1: so awesome so awesome. That's the first thing I'm going to do when I touch down in Vegas is go find one of those. I'm going to get one to save for my MMA room right here and chug one. And it's on. I, yeah. That's so, great. yeah, I mean, Cowboy had a lot of good gyms in there, too. Um, you know, th- this is the first time Cowboys headlining a pay-per-view. That seemed kind of crazy to me. That's wild. Um.
0: For a guy who's fought that many times and fought for this long, I mean, good for him. Donald Cerrone to me is like one of the best, if not the best, fighter to never to fight in the UFC and never win the UFC belt.
1: Yeah, or WEC. I mean, he he's just a. I think he'll go down if he can't get a a belt. Which I think if he loses to Connor, I just don't. I don't see any way that. Cowboy gets another title fight. I mean, the guy's 36 years old. He's fought everyone. And that's been a knock on him. Is it, you know, he just can't seal the deal when he's got these gigantic opportunities, whether it be a title shot or a number one contender spot. Um, so, yeah, that, that, there's been a lot of narrative about that this week. Is You know, Cowboy always comes up short on the big stage, and Connor thrives on the big stage.
0: The flip side of that is every time they try and build someone off of Cowboy's name, yeah, which he, I know Connor's already established, but they are they are setting this up a little bit where it's like a very winnable fight for Connor. He is basically a three to one favorite in Vegas right now. Um, every time that happens when they seem to count Cowboy out, I think of like Alex Hernandez, Ali Kimta. Uh, it's it's happened before where that's when you get the best Cowboy. And so I think those two things are kind of playing off each other right now. We're like, yes, it's a huge stage, but they're also clearly, clearly the UFC wants Connor to win. This. And yeah, so... but with
1: Cowboy, I mean, he's, he's taken so many fights. It's gone the other way too. I mean, Darren Till, Leon Edwards, those are guys that Darren Till, I mean, came out of nowhere after he starched Cowboy. So I, I don't know. I, I think the bigger bigger thing is just when Cowboy has been, you know, right there at the top where he has a chance to become a champion or, you know, or get a title shot, he just comes up short. And the bottom line is that's because he's fighting the best of the best, and he has been doing that for 10 years plus. So, I don't know. I mean, Cowboy's career, when it's all said and done, he's going to have all the records, you know, there's no more cowboys. The last of a dying breed. You're not going to see another cowboy Cerrone in this sport. Period.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that, and I, I also agree with you that I think win or lose, to be honest, I don't really think it changes Cowboy's fortunes very much. To be honest, like I don't see, I don't see him getting like a huge fight at 55 or 70 by beating Connor even if it's decisive and if he loses, he's definitely not getting it. Whereas Connor is more of a crossroads where he kind of has the world in his hands if he wins, but if he loses, I I actually think he's in in a bit of trouble as far as the future of his MMA career is concerned.
1: Yeah. So we'll um, later, let's jump in later down the road. We'll, We'll say, you know, where does Connor go? If he wins or loses, where does Cowboy go if he wins or loses? Um for do you want to do predictions? Sure. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Um I I've been pretty firm on this the last two weeks. I, I think it's a second round knockout for Connor. I think my uh my heart kinda is pulling for Cowboy, but I just don't think on this stage it's realistic. You know, I, I think Connor's like you said, he's got the world by the balls right now. And any time that he's been in that situation, he delivers. You know, for the most part. And and Cowboy, um, like I said, just hasn't. I mean, he hasn't delivered on a stage like this. This is the biggest fight of both of these guys' careers, I think. You know, this is gonna be the biggest payday for for Cowboy for Connor. This is this is the most important fight of his career, I think. This is make or break for Connor. So I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Connor um, second round knockout.
0: Parker, there was a, a very famous Irish sportsman in twenty fifteen who once looked the cowboy in the eye and said, He's too stiff and he's too slow. And I think we're gonna see that on Saturday night, man. I'm getting Connor McGregor first round KO.
1: Sure. I, wow.
0: After the Gaethje fight, I, I think the Cowboy chin is is not really what it used to be, um, and I think Connor hits as hard as anybody uh, that Cowboy's ever faced. To be honest, and uh, I I just think Cowboy's been knocked out a few times. I think we're getting to the end of the road. I think Connor's really motivated, and I think Cowboy just gets hit. He he's always been at his best when he takes your best shot and he moves forward and i've never seen anyone take connor mcgregor's best shot and keep moving forward and so i'm taking connor by first round k.o.
1: yeah I, I agree i mean cowboy's strength is you know it takes him around to figure it out and then he wants to he likes being in wars i mean he likes he thrives on that and i just don't think i don't think him i don't i just don't think he can take that shot i mean and that's the question. I mean, if he can weather the storm, I think, you know, his odds of victory get higher and higher as the rounds go on. But I don't think he's going to be able to weather the storm. And I, I don't buy that he's chinny or that, you know, he's taking damage. And the psychopath took a Justin Gaethje fight after <laughs> eight weeks after getting his orbital and nose looked like it shattered, blew up like a balloon from Tony Ferguson. So that, that's just cowboy. I, I don't see him being chinny. I just don't think he's going to be able to take that left hand of a focused dialed in Conor McGregor. I just don't. Yeah. So we're both in agreement.
0: Conor KO. You you have it in the second. I have it in the first.
1: Um... Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be round one or two. I think, I just think Conor's going to come out too hot. I think he's going to be coming out looking to make a statement. And if he does, there's no telling what he's gonna do if he gets on on the mic afterward. There's just no telling. There's, I mean, he could go in so many directions, and I, I think we know how the UFC works. I mean, there's there's a picking order. There's there's a scheme they follow. The rankings, all that, are great, but whatever Conor McGregor says goes. That's just the reality of it. And let's let's dive into this. Where where do you think these guys go with a win? And a loss, both of them. We'll start with, um, let's start with Connor. So if Connor wins,
0: I I think he calls for a world title. I really do. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's Khabib or if it's Usman. I I truthfully don't think he would get either if he asked for them. Um, I think. Basically, he's his op his best options anyway are either Masvidal or Gaethje. I could see a scenario
1: where he calls out Masvidal. I, I think um, I think the biggest fight, the best fight, the one that we're going to be fucking chomping at the bits for is Masvidal, and I think I think that's the fight Connor wants, you know, and I think Dana White's been. Teasing at it for over a year, you know, saying he thinks Connor's too small for Masvidal and all that, and you know that eats at Connor. Um, And honestly, I I think that fight, I think Masvidal versus Connor sells better than Khabib versus Connor. That sells better than Tony versus Connor. That sells better than Usman versus Connor. The build-up to that is going to be chaos, and it's for this fucking hypothetical belt that Nate Diaz made. And you know yeah, they're I you mean, know they're bringing the BMF belt back out, and shit's gonna get crazy. They're gonna have the Rock there again. Oh. absolutely,
0: absolutely. You, know, how many interim title fights have we had to see on pay per view? Of course, they're bringing the BMF belt back. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's there. It's there, and uh, fuck. yeah. I, I don't know. It's gonna get crazy. I, I think it's George Masvidal, Um I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's getting the Khabib fight. You know, he's not skipping Justin Gaethje for next to fight Khabib. I just don't oh. think so. I, I think he needs to get more steam behind him. I think if he can get a knockout against Cowboy, and then somehow he goes in there and beats George Masvidal, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think, I think he's...
0: One, one fight at a time. One fight at a time.
1: Yeah, but I, I just I've visualize a, a scenario where he puts three fights together and then his fourth fight accumulates to Khabib. The Khabib rematch in Moscow, Connor's redemption. And if Connor knocked him out in Moscow, I mean, you just sell off into the sunlight and <laughs> just just retire on top. That's like storybook shit. And I think Connor probably has crazy aspirations like like that. Um, but for Connor, I, I think we agree. I, I think Masvidal's next. If not, Justin Gaethje. Um, and then after that, you know, you'll have to see how Tony and Khabib play out. I, I don't think he wants anything to do with Usman and the 170 title. I don't think, but it's Connor and you never know. I just, I just don't think the, that's not a gigantic fight. I mean, it's a gigantic fight because Connor's involved, but it's not Connor versus George Masvidal.
0: So, what I wonder is, does the UFC push for Masvidal against Usman, and then Connor against Gaethje, with the hopes that if Masvidal that and Connor do- both win, yeah, he could he could go to one seventy and fight Masvidal for the belt, because that's I think what the UFC yes. really wants.
1: Yes. So you could get the BMF belt and the 170 belt in one swoop and then set up a gigantic payday with Khabib or Tony. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think that's a phenomenal fight. And so maybe it's Gaethje. Maybe Gaethje's the one. I think it's, I think it's well within the realm of possibilities. Well, and for hardcores like us, I mean, the casuals aren't going to know a lot about Justin Gaethje. But that's the ballsiest fight you can take outside of Tony Ferguson at 155. I mean, that's just... We got YouTube, Parker. They're going to learn real quick who Justin Gaethje is. I know. We got YouTube. Everyone (laughs) type in Justin Gaethje highlight tape.
0: You better watch. You better watch. That's your homework. Anyone listening to this show, if you don't know who Justin Gaethje is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, Fuck. Maybe that is the one. Let me ask you this: You think Justin Gaethje and Masvidal over their front row? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think both of them, when he gets on the mic, are going to start standing up.
0: They're going to be like they're going to have to do a split screen camera of of watching, you know, three three screens: Connor in the middle of the octagon giving the yeah. post fight speech, and then Gaethje or Masvidal looking to get picked like it's the fricking Bachelor.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like they're the homecoming queen. Yeah, I don't... I, I think you're right. That's fucking brilliant. Justin Gaethje, and it doesn't have to be at 55 again. You know, I, I think it could be at 170 and just say, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. You're fucking... You're genius. Shoot, shoot Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard a message right now. Just tell them you already laid it out.
0: I, I have the plan. Don't worry. Don't worry, Sean and Mick. I got
1: you. Okay, um... Uh, with a loss, I think the only option for Conor is Nate. I think it's that Nate Diaz trilogy. And then I, I, I just don't see how you sell anything else besides that. I think that's a given. Um, maybe another Floyd fight, a Floyd rematch, you know, yeah. just, just to make them both a shitload of money. You know Conor talked about that in the aerial interview.
0: I, I'm not entertaining any MMA versus boxing matches ever again. I'm done.
1: You know if Conor puts two wins together, he can call out Floyd again and we can do this all again. <laughs> Parker, I want no part of that. You know Zufa boxing is right around the corner.
0: Yeah. Um, Let me... So I, I tend to agree with you on the Nate thing. Let me offer two potential things that I think... Could happen if okay. Connor loses as well. That are okay. kind of, I think, flying under the radar, but very possible. Okay. Max Holloway
1: at 155. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very I, sellable fight. Second well, one? And that's a way to build Max Holloway back up. If Max Holloway beats Connor McGregor at 55, I mean, he's like the man at 55, and that throws him right into title contention. I think he would... Only need that fight to get a title shot. Second one, Jose Aldo
0: at one hundred and fifty-five rematch.
1: You think you think Aldo would come back up twenty pounds after moving down to bantamweight? Doesn't matter, I guess.
0: It doesn't matter, man. I mean, that's coming up is easy. It's going down that's hard. Um, I absolutely think Aldo would take that fight. I think that way you get rid of this whole nonsense about Aldo getting a Bantamweight title shot, which like literally nobody wants except for Henry Saludo. And I think uh, I think Connor would take it. I think he would fight Aldo again knowing that he's got two losses in a row.
1: So, my thing with my thing with that likely... is just like how do you do it better? There's no way you're gonna do it better. That was my thing with the DC Steep fight. It's like yeah, I understand you gotta make that rematch, but I mean there's no way to do it better. He knocked the guy out flush in fourteen seconds with one punch. So I, I don't know, but obviously those are two big names. You could do it in Brazil. That would be gigantic.
0: You got no options at that point though. Yeah. I mean yeah. if you're if you lose to Cowboy Cerrone and you're Connor, your whole mystique is is out the window. Yeah. So like you kind of gotta take
1: What's what they give you. you in certain respects yeah um okay for cowboy if cowboy somehow pulls out a win here where do you think he goes
0: dustin poirier i think he fights dustin poirier if he wins
1: okay yeah yeah we everyone uh-huh. forgets about dustin coming back in the picture
0: yeah i think that's that's the fight if he wins
1: yeah, um, I also think with Dustin, I think he could go up to 170, and him and Nate Diaz at 170 is awesome.
0: Oh, I'd love that. But I just think if Cowboy, if Cowboy wins, Cowboy's gonna get on the microphone and say he wants he wants a shot at that title, and the only way he's getting that is either a rematch with Gaethje, who I don't think will take another fight before he fights for the title, unless it's
1: or Connor.
0: Unless it's Connor, yeah, or Cowboy fights uh, Poirier. I also think there's like a small chance that Cowboy could want the Masvidal fight back and fight Masvidal at 170 if he beats Connor.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, With the loss, like I said, Cowboy's just going to keep Cowboying until he doesn't want to anymore.
0: Yeah, I think. if he loses, I think he ends up fighting the loser of the Paul Felder-Dan Hooker fight.
1: So yeah. whoever loses that will be Cowboy's next opponent, would be be Mike? At 55, yeah. And I love at all 55. of those fights. Yeah. Shit's about to get crazy. You can't go wrong with lightweight. You really can't go
0: wrong with lightweight. You can't it's, go it's wrong with Conor McGregor
1: back in MMA. Conor McGregor back in MMA is just its gold. It's, you can do whatever you want. Everyone's going to make a lot of money in the next couple of years. Um, okay. anything else on that fight?
0: I'm good man i i I could not be more excited for this fight.
1: I can't either. like i said i I fly out uh, Friday morning. I'll be in Vegas Friday before lunch, and I'm so excited i i don't I'm, I, I just think when I look back on this 15, 20 years from now, it's going to be like. You saw Ollie live. You saw Tyson live. I saw McGregor live. I am I'm super stoked. And I'm definitely gonna be videoing, putting it all over the twit pages, Twitter, everything. So yeah. I, I'm pumped. I'm really, really pumped. Um let's run through the rest of this card real quick and just give out predictions. Sure. Okay, so we talked about the main event. Um Holly Holm versus Raquel Pennington. This is a rematch. Um, Where I'm at on this is to me, I think, I honestly think Holly Holm, I'm not going to say she's overrated. I'm just going to say I think she peaked at the Ronda fight. And she's just been able to kind of linger around. And, you know, I I just don't, I don't see her ever being champion again. Um, But I think she's good enough to beat Raquel Pennington in a decision. So that's kind of where I'm going to go. I think she's just going to outstrike Raquel Pennington for three rounds and win a decision.
0: I think this is going to be a really boring fight, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, it's two women who have kind of a go-backward fighting style, to be right. honest. And um, I, I think if Holly Holm loses this fight, she retires.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I, I just don't see any more big time fights for her. You know, I think she'll just keep fighting the middle of the road of the of that division, and that's it. I mean, she's never beating Amanda Nunes. Um, she won't get the fight with Shevchenko again, even though she went to decision with her. So yeah, uh, Holly Holm by decision is what I've got. Um. Alexi Olenek versus Maurice Green, I've got Olenek by decision. I mean sorry, by submission. I just think he's for anyone that's not a top you know five heavyweight i th- I think he puts you in just weird positions, and he just gets what is he the he's the Ezekiel choke guy, isn't he the
0: the yeah, the no gi Ezekiel that he yeah. rocks like a lot of times from the bottom too, he can hit it.
1: He's just weird. He's soup he does some really, really weird shit. And I just don't think someone like Maurice Green is gonna be skilled enough to not get caught in that. So I'm I'm here's, going Alinic by uh submission.
0: I have a Linux by submission in round one. Here's here's my hot take on this this particular fight. And it's I think crochet boss thing is hilarious from Maurice Green. I just don't think that guy is a very good MMA fighter. I think he's just big and athletic. And yeah. so, like, against a technician like Olinik, I think Olenek is going to hit him in some, like, kind of sambo or judo takedown, you know, like a trip or something, get him down and just strangle him unconscious. And, right. like, I just don't think Maurice Green is, is all that great as a fighter. And so I, I'm taking Olinik early by submission.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, Claudia Gadea versus Alexa Grasso. Um, I've got Gadea by decision. I think that'll be a decently paced fight, and I think she'll end up winning that by decision.
0: Yeah. I I have Grasso by decision. I think okay. Grasso is really starting to put it together. Um, her her last couple fights have been much more complete performances out of her, and Really, since Gadelia fought uh Joanna, I don't think she's really improved that much as a fighter, to be honest. So I uh I'm taking Grasso. I kind of think these are two trajectories headed in opposite directions.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I, I caught an interview today with uh Claudia Gadeja and she claims that she's more focused. You know, the last couple of years she's been kind of drifting, she was a little lost, and she says you know this is the most focused she's been and she's a talented girl i just i think she'll get it done um showtime pettis is an underdog to carlos diego fiera what are your thoughts on that one
0: i think anthony pettis every time that he is a like slight underdog like he is in this fight i think he comes out and performs really well um i think this the story about him cutting his hand on the the drug test on the glass bottle before the Nate. Yeah, fight. that was wild. And what a bizarre story. Um right. but I think he's tough as nails. And I think at 155 he has really incredible power. That's pretty underrated. Um that being said, I think this is a a, a real dog fight. I think Ferreira is really hungry. This is his opportunity to build his name. He's a very, very talented fighter I, I just think Pettis is kind of a, on a different level athletically.
1: And skills. I mean, I, I I think people are sleeping on Anthony Pettis. I mean, that guy is as skilled as they come. He's, he's been there, done that, seen everything. Um, yeah, I, I think he's getting a little disrespected this week. I've got Showtime Pettis. Um, I think it'll be a war. I think this might be your fight of the night. It might be back and forth, first or two rounds. And then I think Anthony Pettis is going to catch him with something in the third round and finish him. So, I'm going to finish knockout Anthony Pettis.
0: I'm going to go decision, but okay. I think Pettis wins this one in indecision.
1: Gets it done. Okay, Roxana Modafferi taking on one of my favorite up and coming fighters, Macy Barber. Um, you know, Roxana Modafferi is a vet, she's a pioneer for women's MMA, but uh, Macy Barber's the future. You know, I think this girl's here, I think she's legit, she's young. She's got a very, very high ceiling, and I think she's going to go in there and make a statement on a Conor McGregor card, and I think she's one or two fights away from a title shot. So I'm going Macy Barber by finish. I think she gets... I'm going to go ground and pound finish.
0: Um,
1: it, Macy Barber's
0: training with Ben Askren for this fight, right? Correct. The last two camps, so, I believe. So here's my thing with with Roxy. She's a really good grappler who has like not great takedowns and very bad striking in my opinion. And so I just think she's going to get pieced up by Barber and not be able to take Macy Barber down. I actually see Macy finishing this on the feet by knockout in the second round. Yeah, Um, I I think whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, whatever it is, I think it's going to be vicious. Macy Barber for a woman is throws some of the like heaviest hands I've seen in all of women's MMA. Like she's violent. She she, she kind of reminds me of like how George Masvidal is fighting right now. Like she throws to kill you. And she wants to put you away. She wants to finish fights and she wants to be a superstar. So, I think this is her opportunity. I think she's going to make a big splash. Strawweight
0: and flyweight women don't really knock people out all that often. Yeah. Macy
1: Barber does.
0: I think she's finished every special thing.
1: I think she's finished every one of her fights except one in the UFC. So I
0: I think you're right.
1: Yeah, um okay, this one I know you're high on. Andre Feely taking on Yusuf. I I think this This is gonna be a scrap. Yeah. this one or Showtime Pettis. I think either one of those fights could be your fight of the night. But um this Yusuf guy, he came off the contender series, I believe, and he's He's got a chance to be a superstar too. You know, he's got he's Nigerian as well. So you know, I think they're kind of making a push for the three Nigerian champs: Usman, uh, Stylebender, and eventually Yusuf. And the dude's got talent. He he throws fucking bombs. He's he's fun to watch.
0: It's two great camps too. It's it's Fortis against Alpha Male with right. uh, Yusuf against Andre Feely. I I think this is also a decision. Um, I have Yusuf winning by decision, but this to me is a, a war and, and Feely has been on a roll too. And he seems to have finally really put it together. Also, he has a tattoo of Uriah Faber on his. I saw that. Now, I saw that which is.
1: That's hilarious. a little
0: weird, but also like you're dedicated to your gym at that point. And so yeah. I, I think, uh, I think he's starting to put it together. I think this is a great fight. I'm very yeah. excited for this
1: one. Yeah, I, I think this is kind of a 50-50. I think this could go either way, and I think these guys might get in there and start just swinging, and, I mean, anyone could get caught. So I, I'm going to be sitting in my seat with a nice bourbon on ice, locked in on that fight. That's going to be the one. No proper 12 for you in Vegas? Yeah, proper, uh, pro- proper 12 shitty. shitty. <laughs> not, not a great Irish whiskey. Great branding, great marketing. Not the best Irish whiskey. Um, your guy uh, Hasperask is—he's super talented. I think that guy's got a lot of potential and definitely going to be locked in on that fight too. I'm—I'm going to take him. I'm going to take Yusuf. Third round knockout. I'm going to take Hasperask. Second round knockout.
0: I have I have Hawk Prost by second round knockout as well. I, I think that guy is one of the best prospects in MMA. Um and I think this is like a clear example of him taking out a guy who's uh in Drew Dober who is obviously a great fighter, but kind of average for the UFC roster. Right. And I just see Hawk Prost taking him out. I think he's such a powerful striker, it's it's kind of unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Okay, we're on the same page there. Uh, any other ones?
0: That's it from me. I think um, there's actually more more fun fights on the
1: prelims for me than, than on the
0: actual pay-per-view until you get to the main event.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be there early. I think it's a 3 o'clock start in Vegas. So um, let's, let's say you want to do current events after we interview Brock Weaver tonight? Sure, let's do it. Yeah, I think you got to get to a dinner, and I got to eat something. But um, yeah, last question on this: you think you think this is the best ESPN pay per view yet, numbers wise? Ooh. I mean it's got it's got to do over a million, right?
0: I I think so. I think yeah. so. The only one that I have a, the only reason I have a little bit of hesitation is. 244 BMF title all the promotion they did for that Nate Diaz Jorge Masvidal it was a great card it's New York City um but that one yeah, apparently did probably... that,
1: that one apparently did 600,000 buys the BMF yeah the BMF one yeah I, I think it's a Conor McGregor fight I think it's doing over a million and I think it'll probably end up being the best ESPN one as of yet and everyone's gonna be happy like you say, Connor's back, business is booming. This is gonna be a fucking crazy year.
0: I can't I can't wait for this. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna lose sleep
1: Friday night, and you're gonna be the one in Vegas. Oh, I know. I'm definitely gonna lose sleep. I'm definitely gonna lose some sleep. Um, okay, so we're gonna take a break. We're gonna interview Brock Weaver tonight, up and coming UFC fighter, and then we'll run through current events. We've got, you know, four or five current events we want to talk about. And then we'll be posting both of these live probably tomorrow. So we'll be right there. And maybe we can catch some of the highlights of the press conference in between our little break here. So go have your dinner. I'll catch you in an hour or so. Signing out for episode uh, 1A of the Conor McGregor Week. Cool. All right, man. We'll catch you in a little bit. Sounds good. All right, bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Parker's MMA Show. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and visit Parker Keen's MMA show.podbean.com for additional information on Parker and to stay up to date on the latest drama in the fight world. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out the show notes.